The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perra columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we are welcoming back Christian Easterday. Christian is Managing Director of Chile-focused Copper Gold Explorer Hot Chili. Hot Chili trades under the code HCH or Hotel Charlie Hotel. Its ordinary shares were last quoted at 4.2 cents for a total value of about 130 million. I caught up with uh, Christian on the Explorers podcast way back in June 2019. Hot Chili was valued at about $30 million back then. And as an aside, that podcast was one of the most popular ever in the series. I thought it was me. Christian thought it was him. But the reality was that it was investor interest in Hot Chili's building big time copper gold story in Chile. The value growth since that last podcast tells us that things have indeed been stirring for the company which has been working away in Chile for more than 10 years now. The intention has always been to find a Tier 1 porphyry project, with Tier 1 normally taken to mean 5 million tonnes of copper. A maiden resource from one of the porphyries within the complex of porphyries at the flagship Cortadera project has the company well on the way to achieving that goal. Just as exciting is that the growth in the resource base, and there's more on the way, comes as $4, US $4 a pound copper has arrived. It's a price not seen since Hot Chili started out in Chile. Timing is the essence in the mining game, and Hot Chili's achievement of matching scale to the arrival of $4 pound copper means the company's moment has arrived. So with that, I'm going to welcome Christian back to the podcast. Hi, Christian. Thanks for your time today. Hi, Barry. It's great to, uh, great to chat again. Right. Uh, I will uh, start out by just mentioning first up that Hot Chili has uh, three projects, Cortadera, Productora and El Fugo, all within a 20-kilometre radius and straddling the Pan-American Highway. The three make up what it calls its Costa Fugo hub. So, Christian, Cortadera has become something special since we last spoke. Talk to the October maiden resource and the ongoing exploration there, if you could. Uh, yes, it has, Barry, and uh, you have to pinch yourself sometimes. Uh, like you said in your introduction, timing is everything in this game. Um, when we last spoke, uh, we were coming off of uh, the acquisition, uh, the, the deal to uh, to secure Cordadera and uh, and locate a very large private discovery next to our original large scale Productora project on the coastline of Chile. So, at that time, I think we were discussing our, our first world class drilling intercept, um, some seven hundred and fifty metre intercept on the main porphyry that uh, that had a very very uh, exciting high-grade zone that we had uh, discovered at that time, some 200 metres at nearly 1% copper and half a gram gold. So it's been a long time since we spoke, and and uh, as you've just prefaced, we have in that time put uh, approximately 30,000 metres of diamond drilling into the Cordadera project, and in October last year, we were able to announce a 450 million tonne uh, maiden resource at around half a percent copper equivalent, uh, and that is uh, no small feat. Uh, we, uh, we are very, very pleased to be one of the only, uh, one, one of two 
major copper discoveries since Kamoa was discovered by Robert Friedland's group back in 2014. So, you know, um, quite an achievement for a junior. And as you said, uh, to move from a, a $10 million market capitalization when we announced this deal at the beginning of 2019 to a circa $130, $140 million company, um, you know, we certainly have uh, have received a lot of attention and uh, and particularly in the last six, nine months uh, to see copper now moving to um, a $4 per pound price environment, uh, you know, we couldn't be happier. Uh, so I guess the addition of Cordadera to our original product Tora resource now has the company standing with the largest copper resource on the ASX outside of a, a BHP or a Rio Tinto. Uh, we have some three quarters of a billion tonnes of open pitable resources uh, on the coastline um, in Chile. And, and I guess what's really exciting for us this year is the commencement of our 40,000 metre program to really now start uh, diving deep on that high-grade core that has been discovered and has delivered now seven world-class drill results uh, for hot chili. And, uh, and we, we, we're sitting in some, some very, very exciting times, drilling 1,000-metre, 1,500-metre holes and, uh, and looking forward to getting the next results out to the market, Barry. Yeah. Uh, Christian, I think we probably touched on it uh, last time we spoke, but there is a fixation in this uh, local market with high-grade gold, high-grade copper. And uh, when some investors see, I think Cortadera was 451 million tonnes at a uh, 0.46 copper equivalent, they go, oh, that's not exactly high grade. But if you can just explain why bulk tonnage uh, projects like uh, Porphyry's command such high value amongst the, the big end of the mining market. Yeah, and it's, it's quite a paradoxical problem with, uh, with, with how, uh, how large-scale copper is viewed in the Australian market. Uh, as you said, you know, there is a fixation on grade, and that's not just in Australia, that's, that's around the world. But when you look at uh, the real titans of the mining game in terms of um, revenue-generating mines, um, you, you don't have to look past what's, what's right in front of the Australian market um, with Newcrest KD operations, uh, there, there is an operation where large-scale underground bulk mining techniques such as block caving are being utilised, you know, on, a, on an ore body which has a, a, a reserve grade, uh, you know, that is, that is putting out one of the lowest cost gold production bases um, in the Australian market. So a, a reserve grade of some 0.29 copper and, and about 0.4 grams per tonne gold, mm. um, but producing at around $140 an ounce. So scale as grade um, is a real driver of value in the industry. In the copper space in particular, you know, some 80% of the world's copper is produced from large-scale, low-grade operations um, dominated uh, by uh, the Chilean uh, large-scale porphyry deposits and, and also globally. So when you talk about high-grade deposits, um, 3 4%, 5%, they, they really are the exception. Um, they're very akin to a high-grade nickel or a high-grade gold investment uh, thesis. So it's um, short investment, high return, quick payback, but very short life. And uh, I guess the copper business is all about, you know, the, the, the price cycle. These very large operations, you know, kick out revenues of billion 
$2 billion a year uh, and extremely large abitters. So when we talk about $4 copper, the leverage that these um, projects can produce to that, uh, to that pricing environment is, is really extraordinary. We're sitting on a project that we are um, positioning for uh, a roughly 100,000 tonnes of copper production per annum and 100,000 ounces of gold production per annum. And the Australian market uh, probably focuses on that gold production, but uh, when you need to, when you when you focus on the amount of copper that a project like this will kick out, you know, it's very easy at four dollars per pound copper to be um, really starting to double check your maths. Um, mm. you're, you're talking about revenue generation on an annual basis well in excess of one billion US. And we're talking about long life projects of twenty to thirty years, so that gives you some idea of scale. It's kind of like the Australians focusing on the iron ore business. And, you know, when we when we talk about iron ore, we're talking about mass scale and we're talking about large capex projects and uh, and, and the type of projects that, um, that really used to be um, really considered, uh, you know, a quarrying business. Uh, and then Andrew Forrest came along and, and made a move into uh, large uh, Pilbara iron ore business and got his timing right. You know, iron ore price started to increase, and I think there's no no better example in this market of what scale can produce for a company in terms of uh, um, building another major. And, and we're we're very much on that pathway, but in the copper space. Mm. Now, obviously, uh, some big achievements there. Cordadera itself, uh, one point six million tons of copper and one point nine million ounces of gold. And the overall uh, area there, 2.9 million tonnes of copper and 2.7 million ounces of gold. Um, tough question, I know, but uh, are you planning for a step change uh, again in, the, in your yes. presence there? Yes. And how will you go about that? We are. And, and this 40,000 metre drilling program that we have two diamond rigs on the ground drilling 24 hours a day, uh, we have an additional RC drill rig a third rig that uh, that is also scouting around and, and drilling some very large growth projects uh, close to Cordadera, at Cordadera North. And and recently we, we just announced the addition of a very, very exciting land package that we've been building for some nine months to a year uh, called Santiago Z. Uh, so we see a very uh, large consolidation or a cluster of deposits that we have our hands on um, this has taken me 12 years to build and and uh, and we're really doubling down now. Um, Cordadera was very much the uh, discovery we needed to unlock this project um, and to position ourselves with a upper tier two copper project at the moment. And uh, this 40,000 metre program is primarily being focused onto Cordadera because the deposit remains open and particularly with the high grade core that uh, that emerged at Cordadera and and uh, currently sits at 100 million tonne. We're, we're, we're looking to double that um, quite rapidly. So uh, the drilling that is being focused into that with two diamond rigs, uh, last week we announced a, a uh, 813-metre drilling intercept from 54 metres, but it was really the focus of that that drill hole was, was all about the high-grade core. We're, we're drilling into areas where the high-grade core isn't modelled where we're predicting it to be if we mm -hmm. have uh, drilling intercepts through that that area. And uh, and we recorded 
318 metre intercept at 0.6 copper, 0.2 gold, um, and quite high molybdenum. It was was actually about 0.85% copper equivalent intersection. Right. So it's very predictable. Uh, we've got more drill holes going into that at the moment, and I think with very few holes, we'll be sitting on, um, you know, a target of around 200 million tonnes plus on that high-grade core. And that high-grade core is really going to be key for us, not just having a large open pit at Cordadera um, being supplemented with a large open pit from Productora 14 kilometres away, but being able to add a high-grade block cave to this mining scenario then starts pushing this mining scenario out 20, 30 years of bulk production. Uh, and that, that is going to be a, a real step change uh, for what we're trying to do in terms of conversion of resources to reserves. So um, it's a very exciting year for us this year. We, we don't just have this drilling program underway at Cordadera and also scouting around these large growth targets, but um, we're also very, very busy in the background on uh, about to kick off our, uh, our pre-feasibility work streams on our large combined open pit uh, study, um, but also about to kick off officially our uh, our underground uh, scoping study for a large block cave on Cordadera. So yeah, it's a, it, it's a certainly a step change in terms of the type of work that we're uh, we're doing and the de-risking that is coming with that resource growth. But most importantly, if we can achieve a five million ton copper resource and circa five million ounces of gold resource, you know, hot chili is moving into a a plus 50 billion US in-ground value club. Um, and that, that, that's positioning us with the, with the top five or six resources that are not controlled by a major globally. And that, that is a very, very significant um, space to be in when copper starts moving to $4 per pound and we have a thematic about a green revolution coming. Uh, these type of assets are very, very rare and, uh, and, you know, I think that's underpinned by the fact that these things just aren't being discovered very much. Um, when you look at Rio Tinto in the discovery of Winu and Hot Chile in the discovery of Cordadera as the only two major copper discoveries really since 2014, um, it tells you everything you need to know about this space, Barry, and why the price is going up. Mm, it's pretty... Uh from a see-through sort of value argument that Winu is not uh, separated out, obviously. It's uh, hidden away in the much larger Rio Tinto. But then uh, I, I guess Sol Gold in Ecuador, um, similar grades, similar... Uh, they've got a high-grade core as well that they're looking to kick things off on, and it's got a $600 million US market cap, and you've got BHP and uh, Newcrest on the register. So we're starting to see... Um, a lot more interest from the big end of town in securing uh, copper growth options. The BHP calls it, you know, future-facing future, future facing metal and they want more of it. So that leads me to a question about what's what you see as the end game. Uh, do you see actually being taken over or joint venturing the project or developing it itself? Any feel for that at the moment? Yeah, you know, it's, as always, Barry, some of these questions are pretty tricky for a CEO to 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 answer without without a straight face. But look, just just coming back to to Soul Gold, you know, we we have uh, Dr. Steve Garwin leading our technical team. He's been very instrumental in how we've um, explored 
and unlocked Cordadera and, and, and how we're building that growth out. Uh, so we, we, we have a, a number of, uh, a number of sort of, uh, links to, uh, to the Soul Gold story through our, um, personnel mm-hmm. and through our approach and through the deposit that's been, um, that's been discovered and, and, uh, and, and being grown at the moment. So firstly, uh, I think just in, in relation to the, the, the interest from majors, um, you know, it was, um, very pleasing. A couple of weeks ago, we saw Newmont uh, really kick off the first M and A that I've seen uh, in this space for quite some time. Uh, they they made a move on uh, GT Gold with a 100% uh, cash takeover of GT Gold up in British Columbia, and that's a, a project that is around about 820 million tons, about 15% lower grade than than Costa Fuego, but very similar metal payload in terms of copper equivalent, about three and a half million tonnes of copper equivalent. Uh, in that deposit, you know, the, the the grade of the gold and the copper has uh, about 55% of the value is in the copper and mm. about 45% of the value is in the gold. We, we, we probably sit with about 80, 85% of the value in in the copper at, at, at uh, Costa Fuego. But that's a... That's a that's a project that has a four hundred and sixty million dollar uh, acquisition on it at the moment uh, from Newcrest. Uh, really, a, a, a project that is um, pre-development um, with just a PEA, no pre-feasibility. So, the mm-hmm. fact that that has occurred so early in this uh, price rise, um, you know, took took me a little bit by surprise. I would have expected that the M and A activity would have waited for the uh, copper price environment to settle down a little bit and to consolidate, um, find a new base. Um, so very exciting to see M&A um, firmly on the front foot at the moment uh, in our space. So that's um, that's obviously um, very good from a see-through value perspective to Hot Chili. Mm. Arguably probably a better location uh, in, a, in a less sensitive area uh, with a lot more advancement on de-risking of our economics and, and obviously um, better grade, uh, so so I think that that's very exciting for for hot chili in terms of a see through value. Coming back to your your comment originally, um, but in terms of uh, our intention, you know, we're very much uh, positioning the company uh, towards uh, firstly just achieving what's what what our what our immediate goal is, which is to position this as a tier one asset, um, and after that to start going through the de risking stages. Um, and getting these development studies underway this year and bringing us into a bankable feasibility that incorporates large open pits. Um, we're targeting some 300 million tonnes to come out of the open pits and connecting that with a circa 200 million tonne plus underground uh, back end. Mm-hmm. So you know, that type of project um, pushing through to a bankable feasibility and then to a financing decision and then a transition into mining is, you know, all that I'm thinking about. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're uh, certainly in discussions with uh, a number of parties which we uh, have, uh, have dialogue on, uh, and certainly there's a number of parties that are, um, would, would like to help us out. Um, the timing of that and the board's decision around that will, will all be about, about uh, where we are with value and, and, and what we see as the optimal mm. funding path forward. So in terms of, uh, you know, do we want to build it? Um, that's all that the company will position itself for. Um, do we want to sell it? Do we want to joint venture it? 
you know, all of these aspects are all about how you optimally fund these things. Um, we're, we're certainly not um, sitting there and naive about where, where we are and what asset we have. Um, the reason why very few of these assets are in the hands of juniors and not majors is because um, at a certain point along the pathway of, uh, of bringing this through to a, a financing decision, yes, often the, you uh, you attract the attention of a major into a joint venture or into uh, an, another form of, uh, of of value creation for your shareholders. So we'll see what happens, Barry, and hopefully, uh, like, hopefully that's not too much of a politician's answer. No, no, I appreciate the, the restrictions on these things, but no, I think you've given a, a, a people a good feel there for how it might pan out. Now, uh, funding, you, you raised $25.6 million in December, which uh, was part partly to uh, fund Cordillera, but I assume now that you've got a bit of uh, free air, you can just get on with the drilling and... Yeah, that's correct, Barry. We really do. We, we, we took out uh, that $25 million placement. That was really important for us to uh, make an early payment to the Corolla family who, uh, who own this asset. Um, we now only have one acquisition payment left in mid-July of next year of $15 million US. And this is very unique about this story. We 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 will hold one hundred percent of this project, and you know there are very few juniors that let alone have an asset like this, but let alone can claim that they have it one hundred percent. So that next payment, um, you know, is a, is a key milestone for us. Uh, we have a lot of interest from parties uh, in. In, uh, in wanting to assist to uh, to take that acquisition out early, particularly given where the copper price is, and you know we'll assess that uh, in due course. But we, we have we have some eighteen months or so, or sorry, seventeen months of uh, of free air in front of us before any calls on payments, which means that we can dedicate all of our treasury towards uh, building this next resource upgrade, which we hope to get out later in the year. And, uh, and and hopefully we'll be able to um, to hit that tier one mark. Uh, so we, we, we really focus this year on, on creating value for our shareholders, continuing to lift the market cap. And, you know, we, we come back to these C3 value um, aspects that you've discussed and, 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 and Sol Gold comparisons and GT Gold takeover comparisons and, and, and discussions about um, the mismarry of the ASX valuations on large copper versus high grade copper you know and you don't have to look past some of the uh, some of the projects that are being advanced in by the North Americans um, Ross Beatty, a, a, a serial uh, um, successful mining entrepreneur from North America um, behind some of the, the the largest value creation companies uh, in the TSXV and uh, in the copper space you know he's running Solaris gold at the moment. And um, getting very, very similar drilling intercepts, 700, 800, 900 metre intercepts from near surface and at surface in Ecuador at the moment at the Waritza project. Um, the key asset behind Solaris Gold is La Verde over in Mexico, um, a bit smaller than Costa Fuego at a lower grade. Uh, and, you know, we, we have uh, Solaris at a, a near 800 million Canadian mm. market capitalisation um, the Oracos of the world sitting at 350 million market capitalization, and even Maramaca over in Chile uh, on the coastline, uh, an 80 million ton resource that just recently got upgraded. 
uh, on the coastline sitting at 350 million market capitalization. Um, all large scale copper assets at grades similar or lower to what Costa Fuego is. Um, and, uh, and, and you, you, you do sort of wonder uh, about this value disconnect that we see between the Australian market and the North American market when the copper price environment starts to lift. So we're very well aware of that. And, uh, and I've mentioned in uh, my recent presentations that we are positioning towards a North American uh, listing and, uh, and that preparation and, uh, and work is, um, is, uh, is just getting underway um, over the last couple of months. And, uh, and who knows, maybe we'll, um, we'll have a, a ticker code over in, uh, over in the US very shortly. All right, excellent. Good news. So there we go, folks. Um, having spent uh, more than 10 years at the task and having endured uh, two-pound uh, copper prices, as I said at the opening, I think the moment has arrived for the company. So we'll watch with interest as the rest of the year unfolds, Christian. Um, thanks for your time today and good luck with it all. I really appreciate that, Barry. Thank you. Thank you.